Hello and welcome to this very, very, very late night episode of Locked on Penguins. Of course, I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Um, yeah, I figured I would uh, do a late night episode because I've just been busy all day with doing schoolwork and I had a day tonight. But um, anyways, uh, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Penguins are returned back in action tomorrow. Well, could be today when you listen to this. They play an afternoon game. I said in the last episode, I hate afternoon hockey games, especially when it's during college football. Um, my college team plays at 2.30, so I'm going to have that on uh, while the, watching the Penguin game. But at the first, I'm going to have the Penguin game up. I finally get to watch the full Penguin game for the first time in a while. Um, I did watch most of the Flyers game, but I didn't get catch all of it. But I've been so busy with schoolwork and just the Nationals. But now the Nationals won the World Series, I can get back to the Penguins. Um... And watching the team, uh, it's official. Evgeny Malkin will be making his return tomorrow. He was uh, released from uh, injured reserve today, and with that, the Penguins still have over two and a half million in cap space uh, to work with. So, and that could be more in the re- in coming weeks if Jim Rutherford wants to make a trade. So, and before we get into today's episode, uh, what I want to talk about, it's going to be an interesting one, but. Um, so it looks like Dominic Cahoon is going to be the healthy scratch tomorrow, and Zach Austin Reese is going to still be in the lineup. Um, definitely a little questionable, but I mean, I thought it was going to be one of those two forwards that was uh, going to be the odd man out. I figured it would have been Aston Reese because I think Cahoon has been playing well as of late, <clears throat> but I also think Aston Reese has been playing okay, and I think the coaches uh, see that as well, so they want to give Aston Reese a little more time, but. Um, yeah, I mean, this is still a very good problem to have. I think Cahoon, you're going to need Cahoon at some point. He's going to get back in the lineup. There's going to be so many injuries. Um, that's just the nature of the Penguins. But for right now, the Penguins are fully healthy. They have everyone back. Um, I 13 games in the season. It wasn't looking pretty, but now 8-5, and five, have everyone healthy. Uh, they're still a little bit behind the Islanders, the Capitals, and the Hurricanes because the Islanders and the Hurricanes are just red hot right now. But the Penguins still in a good position uh, in a playoff spot as they will face Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl tomorrow. That will be must-watch TV, as I said in my last episode. Every time that uh, McDavid and the Oilers come to town, it's, it's awesome theater to see Crosby and McDavid go at it. But now, with Malkin and Dreisaitl and all the star power, um, it just makes it that much more sweeter. So, look for that. Uh, we'll be talking about that game on Monday. Um, but yeah, should be a great game for the Penguins. See how they go up against the Oilers, who have done really, really well to uh, start the season. Of course, my text thing goes off at that point, but you know what, whatever. Um, so uh, let's get into uh, today's episode. There isn't much going on, but I figured since the Penguins played the Flyers this week, I figured I uh, spent a portion of this episode talking about some of my favorite uh, Flyers moments, uh, Flyers-Penguins moments over the years, something my mom taught me as well. Um, my mom, I mean, of course, she was the one that got me into hockey, Um I think now I'm much more of a fan than she is, though she still watches. But the one thing that she told about me from the Flyers Penguins games of old is what Ron Hextall did, and he would he would like jump over like the white line to the blue from where the goalie is because he was superstitious, and then he would basically she said he would take his stick and go bang against the post, bang against another, and go bang, bang, bang back to the other post. And she said it was like it was like his biggest uh, thing. And then the other story. She, when I was a little kid, she showed me like she, how much she hated the fire. She goes, here, let's watch this video. It's when Hextall came out of his net and tried to fight one of the Penguins players. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, oh, crap. Who was it? 
Ah, of course, now it just comes up to me. Um, this was a game, it was Penguins-Flyers, and Rob Brown scored the goal, and Hextall, he was celebrating, and Hextall just chased after him. Uh, it was, I mean, it was not. It was 9-3 at that point, so, I mean, Ron Hextall always got mad. Like, that was just who he was, but, I mean, you know, that, that's just, and, and the funny thing was for that game, I, my mom, I remember my mom telling me, they scored four unanswered goals to make it 9-7, to seven. Um, but the Penguins still won the, uh, the game 10-7, and that was, that was, a, this was in a playoff series, which was funny, so, Ron Hextall, yeah, he's, he was a riot, but, um, for me personally, my favorite uh, Penguins-Flyers moments, uh, remember I was watching this, I was only about 10 years old at this time, I was watching this game at home with my mom, and this was when game, this was what, game one, game two of the Flyers-Penguins Eastern Conference Series, yeah, game one, I believe, yeah. Uh, Mike Richards dumped Malkin behind the net, and Malkin looked hurt bad, and everyone was like, whoa, whoa, holy crap, when Richards dumped him, I'm sure all the, all the Penguins fans that listen to this now, and then um, the Flyers have it in the own zone, Malkin's slow to get up, he's kind of skating his way back, uh, back, you know, taking this little time, kind of cherry picking a little bit, and then they get a turnover, and the Penguins, they fly it down the ice, Malkin is just basically, I remember as a uh, um, but who's the the announcer's name was um, Joe Beninati. Yeah, of course. He does the Capitals games now. He, I remember he said, Malkin basket hanging and then winds and scores. He I, he took all of his frustration out on Marty Baron. He slap-shotted the puck from 10 feet away. I mean, that was just basically the biggest F.U. goal. I don't know if I can cuss on this. If I would, I could. Basically, the biggest F.U. goal I've ever seen in um, – in the NHL, and it, the celebration was so funny because I remember Ryan Whitney came over, and he was like, "Oh my God! Like, what'd you just do?" And I remember from that point, Mike, and they they panned it to Mike Richards, and he's just on one knee, like, "What the heck did I just do?" Um, of course, the Penguins won that series. I think it was one, in, yeah, five games. They absolutely destroyed them in Game Five. Uh, what, six, six, seven, nothing. Yeah, six, seven, nothing. Um, yeah, that was. That goal was absolutely outstanding. Um, and then, of course, the, the comeback against uh, the Flyers in the next year in Game 6. 3 nothing down. Um, I, remember, I remember when Briere scored to make it 3 nothing. I was like, oh, my God, we're going to blow this series. Like, this is so bad. Fleury was looking bad. Then all of a sudden, you know, they, Eaton came back. They got one with Malkin. And Crosby scored. And Gonchar. And then... Nothing beat uh, seeing all the Flyers uh, fans. It's just so sad there. It just it that was awesome. The Penguins beat them back to back years. They go to the final back to back years, and of course that's when they won the Stanley Cup final. They played the Flyers in the first round in two thousand nine. Um, they still had Marty Braun, and then they always wore those little orange crush shirts, which was ugh. Um, yeah, let's see. Um, I guess an interesting moment, man, I just remember I was watching that 2012 series, and I know it still haunts me to this day a little bit, but, man, I, I, I don't think, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think I ever heard my mom as mad as she was with the Penguins as it was during that Flyers-Penguins series. I had never heard her scream as loud as she did, uh, just yell, just say stuff that I cannot repeat on this podcast. Uh, I will probably get in trouble and p- probably fired. The way some of the stuff that she said, that was just such a, a, a disaster of a series on so many ways. Just bit kills me that the Penguins get like average goaltending that series, they, they win. And then, 
was another really good Flyers moment. Uh, the, the fight when um, Craig Adams pulled Scott Hartnell's hair. Uh, that was that was hysterical. And then um, that was awesome. I remember where I was for that. I, I started laughing my, laughing my ass off. And then I remember the one with the line brawl when Joe Vitale, for some reason, Peter Laviolette got so jammed because Dan Bilesma put his fourth line out there and when the game was over, I mean, who cares? And then Vitaly hit Briere so hard. I remember I was down in Virginia Beach watching this game, and I said some stuff, and I think my dad looked at me and he yelled at me. I think I was only like 14 at the time, so I mean, I probably shouldn't have said the stuff that I said, but uh, that was that was ridiculous. I uh, probably said some stuff to Peter Laviolette through the TV screen that I uh, will not repeat on here um, because I, I can't I can't say it. I can't say it at all. I can only say it in private because it was so bad. But yeah. That moment was awesome. Just and and then of course seeing um um it was like Hulk Hogan's younger brother um behind uh, giving the Flyers bench a bunch of crap and especially Scott Hartnell. Um, I'm trying to figure out what his name was. He uh, he actually was sick. He passed away um, just a few years ago. Actually, um, big diehard Penguins fan. Um, also had a Twitter too. He was absolutely outstanding. But he always reminded me of Hulk Hogan's the younger brother. But um, really funny dude, great Penguins fan. Um, those two cups, I think that they won, were hopefully uh, he would he would have loved those. Uh, it's unfortunate that he passed away, but yeah, a lot of those were really just some of my uh, I guess some of my good Flyers stories that I have uh, that I just remember. Um, I wish I was old, older to remember some of the other stuff. Um, like of course that the Hatcher game, the Darian Hatcher when Sidney Crosby. I do remember that a little bit. I was really young for that, but. I remember sitting and watching it with my mom, and then my mom just jumped up and screamed. And basically, I think, uh, what'd she do? Yeah, she she like almost like flipped off the the Flyers like bench when they were showed because Kevin Hitchcock got so mad. But yeah, I thought those would be some good Flyers uh, Penguin stories to tell um, in honor of Flyers Penguins Week. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I, I just I have so many, and it's just it's fun when the Penguins not only play the Flyers, but they just they beat them because who doesn't love when the Penguins just whoop the Flyers. All right. So in honor of uh, Halloween just coming uh, com- coming around, um, it just, of course, happened. I uh, figured we'd do a little segment on this. I know. like I- I'm almost like fishing for straws here because there's not much else going on with the world of the Penguins right now besides the game tomorrow. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm getting Malkin's return. But uh, for Halloween... Uh, I guess we can just talk about maybe some scary penguins moments, I guess, or some scary penguins thoughts. Uh, saw a tweet the other day. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Ryan Hayakaki? Uh, one of my favorite penguins follows. Uh, if you're not following uh, Hayakaki, uh, Ryan, basically his username is I am so sad. Please, please follow him because he is, you know, it's Hayek and Hockey. H A Y E K and then and Hockey. Uh, one of my favorite followers from Penn's Twitter, I think he was the one that tweeted this joke. I think it was basically uh, six words or less, like something about Halloween. And then it was like Jack Johnson signed for for like the rest of his career. And, you know, that's that's definitely one that would be a little spooky around this time of year because, uh, yeah, Jack Johnson is uh, – he's bad. Uh, let's just not uh, to say the least. But um, I figured we could talk about that. Yeah, that was, that, that was a good one. Also, talk about some Halloween candy. Um Remember when I was a kid, uh, candy corn sucks, people. I mean, come on. C- candy corn is so bad. It, it's not even candy, and people still, like, like it. it it's just, it's, it's, ugh, it's garbage. Uh, it's not good. 
Um, the best candy, Halloween candy, well, the best candy, honestly, is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Uh, anyone who thinks otherwise, uh, well, you're wrong. That's, yeah, you you are wrong because Reese's, the way it tastes, the way it looks, the way it like, just melts in your mouth. Oh, my God. It is, it's so good. Um, Snickers is not bad. I'll take some Skittles, too. Some Skittles are okay. Milky Way is really good. You know, I once got, when I was a kid, someone gave me Play-Doh as Halloween candy. I'm dead serious when I say that to you. Someone actually gave me Play-Doh for Halloween candy. I remember even getting a, remember, I, I got a little car. <clears throat> Sorry, this, this cough is still not going away. Someone gave me like a little car uh, as part of trick-or-treating. I was like, what? Um, what else? Um, always dressed up as some interesting uh, characters on Went through a full stage where I went as a skeleton one year. Uh, Slash was one year. Darth Vader was one. Bad Anakin. I, I went through almost the whole Star Wars phase uh, when I was uh, a kid. Uh, yeah, this just goes to show that I, I've said it so many times that there's nothing going around around the Penguins right now. I'm, that I'm talking about my freaking Halloween uh, costume. But um, we'll get to more Penguin stuff in the next segment. But... Um, I would always take a big pillowcase trick-or-treating around my neighborhood. I'd go I'd go pretty long. I'd, go, I'd be out there for like an hour, hour and a half with some friends. And I brought back a ton of candy. My, although my mom and stepdad would eat half of it, though. Yeah, no, my stepdad would actually eat half of my candy. And it would be like, it would be so annoying when I'd come back home every day from school. Third, fourth, fifth grade, second grade. Um, and my stepdad just eats my candy. And I'm like, dude. Dude, come on. Like, please stop eating my candy. And it still happens to this day when my mom makes our, her chocolate chip cookies back home. He'll just eat all of them. Won't even, me and my sister, like, will not get one at all. And it's it's so annoying that he still does this. Um, Steve, if you're listening, you know what? Stop doing that, man. Just just, just stop. Uh, like, please. But Halloween this year was good, though. We had a, um, a big party at our house down for college. Uh, over 100 people came. I dressed up this year. I changed it up from last year where I was basically like just some regular Guns N' Roses person. I actually went full Alice Cooper this year since I love Alice Cooper a lot. Um, I saw him, of course, this past summer live and I figured, you know what? Let's do it. Got the wig, got the hat, got the leather pants, got the shirt, got the ring, got the crop, and then got the eye makeup. And we did it and it turned out great. So that was really good. Um... What other spooky penguins things can we come up with? Uh, oh, Jim Rutherford uh, signing another bad death player to a long-term deal. That's a, that's a scary thought in itself, considering <clears throat> Jim loves to give out term to a lot of um, not-so-good players, uh, I would say. But, yeah, I figured that it would be a, a cool little segment to do. I know I probably went back and forth and back and forth between so many things, between... My costume as a kid, to my uh, costume this year, to Halloween candy. Uh, you know what? Also, I do not consider Halloween candy Starburst. Please do not hand that out. That's a candy that you get at the store and from other people that's not Halloween. Just Snickers, Reese's, Milky Way, any other kind of chocolate candy is just the best, honestly. Um, most, most of those candies are good. Candy corn blows. Like I said, it sucks, but yeah. Um... I figured we'd have a little bit of fun so far with this podcast, uh, and uh, yeah, I, this was this was this was a fun segment to do because I was hard pressed coming up with topics for this, for this show today. So I figured, you know what, 
let's just be funny, silly, let's just talk about Halloween a little bit, and uh, yeah, that's exactly what we did. <clears throat> Alright folks, so let's get back, we'll do a little, uh, last little segment here, talk about, actually talk about the Penguins, and let's talk about maybe a little trade talk. Um, I know, yeah, early in the season, it's November, woohoo! Uh, Thanksgiving is around the corner. My 22nd birthday is around the corner, two weeks away uh, from today, actually. Well, well, it'll be Saturday when some of you listen to this, so 13 days for that. But let's talk some trade talks. So the Penguins getting up, getting Malkin back. They'll about $2.6 million in cap space. It's more cap space than they've had around this time in a very, very long time. And I think at some point you're going to see more salary moved out to create more cap space. And the Penguins, <clears throat> they... Could go big game hunting again. And what does that mean? You know, maybe uh, Taylor Hall? Taylor Hall? You know, as much as I think we would love for, to go get Taylor Hall, I don't think it's going to happen because, you know, Ray Shero. He knows the Penguins system down to a T. He drafted a lot of the players that are still in the system right now. <clears throat> and some of the players that are actually still on the team, like Brian Rust, actually. Yeah, I think he actually drafted Brian Rust. And... Of course, the core players, um, Jake Ensel, I believe, was also drafted under Shiro, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe he actually was drafted um, under Shiro. Shiro left with the Penguins a lot of good pro uh, forward prospects. I'll give him that, even though the Penguins never had good defensive prospects. But he knows the Penguins down to a T. Of course, he was here for a long time. Um, but also, the Devils need to keep sucking. Um, and, of course, they also need to know if Taylor Hall is going to resign. Me, personally... I really don't think that he's going to re-sign there because the Devils are just so bad. I they did lose to the Philadelphia Flyers tonight, so that drops their record to 2-5-4 and five and four, uh, on the season. So a, a laughably six points to the Devils. Um, they're, that's a bad hockey team, man. That is a bad, bad, bad team losing nine of your first 11 games, especially after <clears throat> coming out, um, you know, just getting P.K. Subban getting Wayne Simmons, Jack Hughes, having a fully healthy Taylor Hall. You still have Kyle Palmieri, um, Nico Heischer, but I think he's been hurt a little bit this season. There's the makings of a solid team there, but for whatever reason, you know what? Like Everyone thought their goaltending, it's just, it's not good. You know, Corbett Schneider, Mackenzie Blackwood, that's not good enough. And um, they just, and then what's also a very interesting stat, shout out to Adam Gretz that showed me this stat. Apparently, he said before this game against the Flyers, they had played seven games at home. In four of those games, they had blown a 2 nothing lead um, in those games and lost all four games. And they had a 2 nothing lead in four of their seven games, and they lost. That's just unacceptable to the Devils. And I know I'm rambling a bit on that, but you know what? You're not going to convince Taylor Hall to sign back there if you keep losing these kind of games. Like, you're not. And you know what? A player like that is going to ask out because you know what? He deserves to win. He sucked on Edmonton for so many years. He's only played in now only five playoff games. Of course, he made the playoffs with the Devils two seasons ago. They missed last season. Doesn't look like he's going to be playing in the playoffs this season unless he gets traded. But I'd love for the Penguins to go after Taylor Hall. Um, do I think it's going to happen? Probably not, but I would pay a very handsome price to get him. First-round pick. Top prospect and a player. I, I think I would pay that. Um, I wouldn't go full spicy and take uh, and let, uh, give up a really really big player on the team, but I would I would give up a haul to get him because I think because I mean also I want I would want to resign Taylor Hall. Now cap space wise, that would have to you know, have to figure that out. Probably have to move some salary out, but um, I don't know. Probably a little bit of a pipe dream. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, 
I do think, though, that the Penguins are going to make a move. I'm not really sure what other names are out there. I did see Andreas Atanasiu from the Red Wings could be available considering the, Peng- the um, Penguins. The Red Wings um, talks with him. The last contract went really bad, and he signed a really bad deal. Coming off a 30-goal season last season, or going into this week, he had not scored a goal, I don't think, this season yet. So that's a big yikes right there for um, Atanasiu. And uh, Stevie, Stevie Eisenman, you know, his first year there, he's going to want to be patient. You know, it's a long rebuild. He's going to get that team back to where they should be. I mean, it's Steve Eisenman. He knows how to build a team. Um, they should trust him a lot more than Ken Holland, that's for sure. But I'd be interested in him. He's a good forward. He can fit. In the, he could fit on the Penguins in any role, basically. But at some point, like I said, I do expect the Penguins to make a trade. It was hinted at by Elliot Friedman this week in his 31 thoughts. It's just a matter of when. And also, it sounds like that Marcus Pedersen is going to be re-signed. Apparently, I think, I hope, I may have talked about this in one of the other, other episodes, but it sounds like Elliot Freeman said it's going to be a long-term deal and it cannot be signed until July 1st because I think that's when all uh, UFAs going into next season can start to be re-signed by their um, team that they're on. So, good news on that, Brendan Pedersen. Thought I'd throw that out there. But, um, guys, can't wait to watch the game tomorrow. I uh, thought we would wrap that up now. <clears throat> Sorry. Can't wait to watch the game tomorrow. One o'clock game uh, on AT&T Sportsnet. It's not nationally televised. Uh, yeah, it is not. So AT&T Sportsnet, Reddit NHL streams for you guys, not in Pittsburgh. But can't wait to watch McDavid and Crosby go at it. And, of course, see if Getty Malkin's return. You know, can't wait to see what he can do when fully healthy this season after missing a bunch of games. So, yeah, guys, we will talk to you on Monday. We'll be recapping the Oilers game and many things to go next week. All right, guys, take care.